a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. This is the Lakewood Motocross National review thanks for listening everybody appreciate it flyracing.com the official gear of blake baggett everybody blake baggett wearing the f2 carbon helmet with mips and the uh, the fly racing gear i don't know which line he wore on the weekend but he took fly racing to the top first ever win for him uh for the mx class and as well as the rocky mountain guys so congratulations to them and uh and thanks to flyracing.com for coming on and please check them out great company great great line of stuff and uh their 2018 stuff will be out real soon so please check that out also too we thank the folks at alpine star protects you guys know a stars and you know what they do with the boots and everything else but they've got a whole protect line on it uh from the uh bns tech carbon neck support to the a1 roost guard which is used by a ton of riders in supercross including eli tomac the professional rider's choice for those from Supercross to MXGP, the GNCC and beyond, Alpine Stars protects. Fluid Tech Carbon Knee Brace as well. You all right, Wygant? You okay? Yeah, struggling. Struggling. Uh, struggling. Alpine Stars yeah. protects. Maybe Wygant needs some Alpine Stars protects right now. Well, actually, I'm glad you bring that up. I do have some of their stuff. I got some stuff about two months ago. Um, stuff I didn't even know they had. Yeah. Uh, the under protect. I knew they had the knee braces, and I wanted to try them. They're good. But... Um, They've got some really innovative um, underneath armor that you wouldn't even like. If you look real closely during Tomac's podium interviews and you look through the mesh in his jersey, you can kind of see. Uh, they have some pretty innovative chest protectors, like a standard plastic and foam type. Yeah. they got these other ones that are practically like a – it's almost like a vest. Uh, it's like hard plastic built into cloth, nylon, whatever. Uh-huh. Pretty innovative stuff, and you almost can't tell that someone has it on when they have it on. And I, I – I, I would have to assume when you crash, it's a lot better than just wearing a jersey. So check yeah. it out. The ultimate, uh, yeah. uh, the ultimate um, um, endorsement for Alpine Star Protects is that there's riders with other gear companies wearing Alpine Stars underneath. So yeah, yeah. Um, please check them out. And well, so actually, no, I'm going to say the ultimate these days. Uh, if you have a chest protector where someone can't tell you're wearing it. That's the ultimate, because being seen with a chest protector apparently is the worst thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, unless you're Christoph Purcell, Trey Kennard, or... Dylan Ferrandis. Dylan Ferrandis, yep. He also rocks yeah, one, yep. yep. Um, yeah. Hey, yeah. But, by the way, that's that's Jason Wygant, the voice of GNCC, the voice of motocross. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no JT, he is in Japan, testing the 18 RMZ 450, and we'll have a report on that in the magazine coming up, probably a couple months from now. Uh, and as well as on the website. And so please check out. Subscribe to Racer X Magazine. Please check them out. I got a whole story. I got a real cool story I'm working on. I can't talk about right now, but it's going to be in the magazine. I'm working on something really cool. And um, 
it'll be exciting and it'll be neat and you'll never read it online you'll never read it in my twitter on pulp mx it'll just be in racer x magazine and i'm stoked to be doing it yeah the last issue i have one uh tony alessi interview that's getting a lot of play a lot of buzz confessions of a mini dad will not appear online at any time yep so and he, he on your newsstand he's pretty candid huh yeah, he is. You know, there's one thing I will admit. I, I think no one would argue. I will admit it. I don't think anyone. No one will ever argue that Tony doesn't try hard. No, that he's not passionate. No, that he's not opinionated. <laughs> um, so if you strip out some of the insanity, and what he's pretty much saying in a nutshell is, I didn't realize that the dad part was making me insane. And now that I've kind of become team guy instead of moto dad, he's less insane, but he still has the insane work ethic. So he might have something. Once Mike is officially done, I don't know. Mike might, might be done at the end of this summer, right? Maybe. Yeah, we'll I don't see. know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, once Tony and Mike have officially separated themselves, they might both be better off. Although I guess now everyone's probably saying, yeah, no, duh. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> right. I've been saying this for 15 years. Right. But here we go. Yeah. No, listen, hey, even that, when Tony was wanted to kill me and light me on fire and everything else, you could never deny that. Uh, he would prep the track, water the track, groom the tracks, uh, work his balls off for Mike, uh, you know, over and over and over. There's no doubt. So uh, you, can t- yeah. call, you can call him a lot of names, but you can't call him lazy. That's for sure. Um, right. So if he's your team manager, yeah. you know, he's going to go to war for you, which hey, is pretty cool. Hey, and Brayton didn't have the greatest time at MCR. He has nothing bad to say about Tony Alessi. Nothing. Yep. Yep. So, um, yep. All right. Let's get into this Lakewood thing. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get right into it. we got the word of the day as well. Uh, Pookie Mathis gave me a suggestion. We'll, so we'll see. We'll run it by you and see if you like that one. Oh. If not, I have, oh, another, okay. I have another one as well. Um, so we'll get into that. Baby Ruth worked into the track working into the track description rather effortlessly. So good job on that. Thanks. Um, okay. So Lakewood. Uh, Blake Baggett. Blake Baggett. Now... He was good, man. He was down in the first turn with Marvin, with Josh Grant, and he got up 26th after the first lap, and he came to a third with blazing fast lap times. It was the El Chupacabra himself being back. And the second moto, he looked like he rode behind Tomac, and then he sprinted off. And Wygant, I don't know if you talked to him. I don't know. I, didn't, I, I missed the press conference because I was out getting interviews. Between the podium interview the Baggett gave and then the interview he gave me, there was a big old chip on Chupacabra's shoulder. Oh yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're borderline <laughs> cocky over there. I want to say they. You know, I think it's a. You know, to the team's credit, I think they operate like a team. You know, I think Blake. It's not just Blake, but it's Mike Byrne, it's Forrest Butler, like everybody over there. I think they they talk about these things together. So I think if you talk to any of them, you would hear some of this. They were not surprised to do this well. And I almost feel like they wanted to do it in a way to twist the knife a bit on Tomac to, to try to get in his head. I, I think they were extra proud over the, yep, we're just going to stalk him, we're just going to hang out, and then we're going to make him look bad and drop him. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's ballsy. It's ballsy, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we talked about yeah, absolutely. We talked about his bike changes. After round one, you know, everybody knows he was the stopwatch national king. Everyone was feeling pretty confident going into it, and I understand that. But I talked to him about his changes, and he's like, yeah, we changed the, the, the fork, the shock, the linkage, the the clamps, uh, you know, the pull rods, everything. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So I don't know if it was the bike changes or what, but Blake seemed to 
really credit that kind of, you know, like he said, there's nothing like racing, and that's what he showed. So, um, but I think it's a thing. I think Blake Baggett is a thing. Yeah, I think so. And uh, JT, I'll, I'll do JT a solid here and fill his role in uh, since he's not here this week. Uh, he's in Japan. But JT, very adamant to us via text that he was on the get off the Tomac train last week. And we were like, whatever. He had a front brake problem. He's, got, he's down 15 points. This won't be an issue. He'll be fine. JT was very adamant. Even after the first moto, let alone the second, there are problems in Tomac land. Yeah. So uh, I just want that side of the argument to be represented. Do you? JT is feeling it right now. Do you? Do you agree with that? Because I do not. Uh, I certainly didn't after Glenn Helen. But listen, dude, how could you deny that this is bizarre? Like. Eli Tomac doesn't just get worked like this okay. in both motos. He's never done that well at Lakewood, first of all. Second of all, that's where he crashed. Third of all, he would had he not crashed, okay, in the first moto, he yeah. he was third when he went down. So yep. let's give him the third and he goes three two on the day. And whatever. It's not it's not Hangtown, but he crashed and second moto he got second. Blake rode phenomenal. Like, I don't, uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm still, I'm fine. I mean, we're 17 down. <laughs> I'm not saying we're, but I, I just, I don't, he had some arm pump. He battled arm pump, I guess, all day. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, um, yeah, talk to me in a couple weeks still. I understand that you cannot put the panic button on anybody at round three of the series. But when he crashed, yeah, okay, so he was in third. But I was surprised, A, that he wasn't making up much ground on, uh, no. who was it, Bogle and... Uh, right, Anderson. I don't even remember. Anderson? Anderson, Anderson was second, yep. first moto. Yep. He wasn't really rolling up on them in a hurry. Uh, then he went down. Marvin got right behind him like, oh, here's, if, if Marvin's going to have an opportunity here, this is it. And Marvin didn't get him for two or three laps. And then a few laps later, Marvin got to him again and just passed him clean. I, I don't think after Glen Helen or Hangtown, anyone thought... Yeah, and if they go one on one, Marvin's just going to beat him straight up. I mean, oh, and Marv, and Marv, were came, you that? and Marv came from a first turn crash. Don't forget too. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Tomac did crash, but then Tomac got up and then held him off for three laps, and then Marvin right. then went by, by him, and so did Baggett. I, I did not see that happening after Glenn Helen and Hangtown. Oh, if he and Marvin battle straight up, Marvin could just beat him, and he did. Yeah, uh, but, so to me that's something. Yeah, no, it's something. It's something. I'm not saying it's yeah. nothing, but if yep. it if it yep. if it doesn't tip over, he goes three two on the day and whatever. It's it's a yeah. decent day. Yeah, um, but here's know. here's what has changed, no doubt. And there were two points that Baggett wanted to make when you mentioned this chip on the shoulders. Two points were he's adamant. Like the very first thing he said in his TV interview, in the press conference, he might have said it with you. Uh, the goal was to break him. Yeah, like, yeah, like, wow. like Drago, like wow. Rocky and Drago. Yeah. I must break him. Yeah. I don't know what who, – who, who would think? <laughs> yeah, you know Tomac's weakness? <laughs> yeah, I know where Tomac's weakness is. No, Second hold on. The moto, breaking him. No, hold on. It's it's not only that, Wygant. It's I just won my first ever 450 race. My first ever 450 <laughs> race. I've, yeah. never, I've yeah. never won one before. The, yeah, the guy yeah. that, that has probably, what does Tomek have combined? Maybe 30 wins? 
combined? The 25 wins In combined? both classes? Yeah, 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 probably something like that. Yeah. No, no, I mean Supercross and indoors on 450. And on 450? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. He probably has 25 wins uh, combined. Uh, he has 10, 10 this year. <laughs> yeah, okay. So far. So, and you just win your first and you're like, yeah, I'm going to break him. I, I can break him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like, I'm going bold. Bold. <laughs> Yeah, very. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just saying the strategy, like, if you think, hey, we can exploit that Tomac sometimes goes down or Tomac gets bad starts and we can spin array, but to be like, right. yeah, I think the game plan for Tomac is to break him <laughs> at the late stages of the moto. Yes. It's not really, it's not really the weakness no, that, for Tomac. <laughs> that goes back to my chip uh, on the shoulder. Like, I'm just like, oh, yeah. okay. Right. Okay, we're going to break well, it. I got another, <laughs> I got another uh, uh, thing for the chip on the shoulder, which is that, Baggett says, you know, once Tomek gets on a roll, he's hard to stop. So we had to stop him. <laughs> so to just even be, as you were saying, having never even won a 450 race yet, yeah. and be like, ah, I'm going to have to stop this dude now. <laughs> right, right. right. It's almost like, uh, you know, just... NBA Finals are on TV right now, and like some dude off the bench being like, put me in, i got to stop LeBron. <laughs> It's a little, or it's a little. Before it gets on a roll, it's a little Chad Reedish too. Like when Stu was beating him down every week at, in o, in o, in o two one twenty five nationals, Stu was beating him down every week, and Chad, Chad's like, oh, I just need a start. I can do it. I can do it. Oh. <laughs> you know. Oh. And then the, I don't want to go off. I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but I happen to write about that race in our twenty four great motos countdown. Yeah. I got to share this. This is epic. This is Chad Reed at his best. We all know there was that race at Unadilla where yep. Stewart purposely slowed down because right. Chad kept using it, kept claiming the starts were the problem. Right. In the post-race interview from that moto, Chad still blamed the start. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was unbelievable. The mental gymnastics he performed to not acknowledge what happened was incredible. Yeah. Uh, That's bad. So anyway, it's yeah, no, topic, but I enjoyed hey, that. Listen, if yeah. if. If Blake wants to get in the mix and show the speed that he did at Lakewood, uh, that's awesome. That's great, and I love the chip on the shoulder. And, and you go, Blake, you go. Um, he was oh, good yeah. though. He was impressive. He was great. He, he was really, really, really good. Um, and yeah, and Tomac, you know, wasn't. Uh, Marv was yeah. great. Marv yeah. was great to come back from the first turn. So um, I definitely yeah. think, like, this is just going to help El Chupacabra in, in the races for for. From here on out, because this is going to give him great confidence. So we could be looking at a three-man battle, and maybe Anderson gets in there um, as well. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm I'm stoked to, to have Blake win five different moto winners in six motos. Why again? That's awesome. Yeah, and I think that's the real side effect of what Bag is talking about, where you have to stop his momentum before it gets going. Just Marvin winning last week. And Tomac having an issue. I mean, it really wasn't Tomac's fault, but just opening the door a little, and now the door's open even more. We all know there's a huge difference if you're picking any one of these guys. If you're Jason Anderson and you go to the line and you're like, dude, I'm going to rob my balls off and I'm going to get beat by 20 seconds anyway. Between now, they're all probably going to the line being like, dude, I can win. Yeah. I can win this. <laughs> it's a huge difference. So that's what we're dealing with right now. Who knows? Tomac might. And, uh, put more beatdowns on and eventually crush them again. But at the moment, they, there is no separation. There's no reason for any of those dudes, apparently even Justin Bogle, <laughs> to go to the line not thinking, yep, I can win this. Right. That's huge. And, and we've got a week off, but we're going to high point where Marv is really good. 
So that'll be another yeah. challenge. Um, hey, two things I want to mention as we're talking about these guys up front. First, it is fair to say they both, Tomac and Baggett, they both pulled Marvin in the second moto. I mean, he was close at one point, right? So credit, Tomac did pull away from Marvin in moto two, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he did cover him straight up there. Second, did you? I did not get to see Marvin and Baggett on the first lap. Did you? Uh, the first moto no. when they had crashed? No, I told Marvin my post race. The first, I saw him go down, and I'm like, okay, whatever, he's yeah. down. And then yeah. literally the first time I saw him in uh, two laps, he was 12th. And I'm like, what? 12th. Uh, I'm like, same oh, here. oh, boy. Yeah. Same here. I wish I could have seen. Yeah, he just flips up on the transponder at like 15th, I think, after yeah. the first lap. Yeah. And we have a clip of him down on the ground, and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and how many guys were down? Maybe four, maybe. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, three. I think Grant and just maybe four. Yeah, but there was. I mean, some guys were stopped up, kind of hung up there a little bit. But um, yeah, it was phenomenal. But I, I will say this: yeah. the depth of this class isn't at an all-time high. Mm, true. When when true. and nothing against Mosman, Josh Mosman. He never scored a point in two fifty motos, and now he's doing very well. And good job for him. He probably yeah. stepped it up. So the the depth isn't great when you look back at those guys, uh, but still, hey, full props to Marv and Baggett. That's that's awesome what they did. Um, I'm gonna do a little stat for OBS. I've been kind of sitting down and working on it for this podcast because I think I think the top twelve have been pretty much top twelve every race. You know what I mean? I'm gonna take a look and see. Uh, I see. But I see. Um, but yeah, it, it, hey, that was great, man. Um, so Anderson, who can't race this race last year due to altitude sickness. Uh, not only races, but uh, does a great job going 2-6 on the day for third overall. Uh, a big improvement. Talked about some helping himself in a little bit in the um, in the press conference. And that's, it's, a, it's an odd subject for him to, to be able to turn it around. Now, I don't know what exactly happened, but whatever it was, he got it fixed. Good job to him. Yeah, well, the line they were going with was that he was going to use what worked at Salt Lake City Supercross, which was flying in late yeah. and getting out early. But you can't because practice starts at, what, 8 a.m.? Uh, so I thought to Bobby Hewitt over there as a team, they did try to maybe have him fly to, say, Dallas Friday night, and they get the earliest flight, and you have an hour of time zone on your side. But I think the earliest he could land was 7.30, so they knew he couldn't make practice. Uh, they looked at private jets, <laughs> too expensive. Yeah. I so he basically flew there, and I think landed at like 9.30 at night. So honestly, that's not that late. I mean, dude, there's plenty of guys that have probably gone to Nationals, oh, yeah. had a bunch of flights delayed. Actually, for uh, the West Coast, what's the earliest you can even get into Unadilla? <laughs> no yeah, matter what. Right, exactly, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, so it wasn't anything exceptional, but somehow, some way. Yep. He was a totally different guy. Now, he did say he had some oxygen that he slept with or something Friday night. Maybe that helped. Right. And a bunch of other tricks, but he wouldn't say what they were. So I don't I don't know. The team told me that his altitude medicine, they got rejected three times by USADA. One, one attempt and two appeals all rejected. So I don't know. You know what? Honestly, Somehow, I there, was a, uh, there, was there was a USADA meeting yeah. on Friday with everybody, I guess, to kind of fill people in. And I had someone close to kind of close to Anderson, tell me, you know what? If I'm in his shoes, I'm taking the medicine. I'm taking it. And and then just hoping, crossing my fingers. You know what I mean? Because it, it's – obviously, look, WADA doesn't 
he's, they're not rejecting the altitude medicine because uh, just for being dicks. Like it helps you. It must help you in performance enhancing. It has to, right? Um, otherwise, they wouldn't reject it. They're not going to stop a guy right, from like, living right. his life. Right. But someone yeah. else, someone sort of close, is like, I would just take it, and, I'm, and I kind of, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree. Like roll the dice. Why? why wait, what? Why would you? What? Have we not seen how unbelievably harsh the penalties are if you mess this up? This well, is yeah, not but it. we've got one guy in four years. You know? Well, yeah, but that's assuming you're assuming that all these dudes are taking stuff all the time and just not getting caught. No, no, I'm not. The, no, no, I'm just saying Anderson. Oh. I'm saying I'm saying Anderson. Like, just take it, like, and cross your fingers because if you if you miss Lakewood, you're done. Your title shot's done. Uh, so uh, you're way more than done. No, I know. Can get caught without the two men. I know. You're four years done now. Four years. Uh, you're, you're, forget done for the title. Your career's over. Is that worth it? Stu was done. Stu was out for a year. Yeah, but didn't the minimal penalty go up to four years or something since uh, then? Something I, like that. I didn't hear anything about that. I don't know. Oh, but, I thought it had somewhere unrelated to Stu, but somewhere know. along the way, I think just to add fuel to that fire, um, dude. It did not work out for Stu. I would not take any chances. Dude, it was, well, as we've discussed many times, if there was one guy in our sport oh. to ever get caught with performance oh enhancements. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are the effing odds? Come on. So, yeah. you know, maybe it's just Stu. You know, uh, Stu's literally a trailblazer yeah. for scrubbing, for, you know, being a minority and winning. For getting suspended, for the Bubba Scrub, like you yeah. know, he's a he's such a trailblazer for so many things. He's really, he really paved the way. <laughs> Pioneer, good riders in the future. You need to look back and remember those that right. that made it happen. Made, right. You know, made this possible for you. Um, hey, listen. So uh, wow. we'll talk about Bogle in a second because that was amazing and, and awesome. But I kind of like I don't know. I talked to the MX Sports official at the end of the race, and I know there was a team, couple of teams talking to them. I don't know how Anderson doesn't get penalized. He crashes in the first moto or second moto? I don't even remember. Second moto, right? Crashes in the second moto. Yeah. Picks his bike up. He's off the track. He doesn't cut the track, but he can't get in because of the banners. But he is literally grabbing gears on a flat straightaway where people are standing. And, you know follows the, the 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 way of the track and then ducks in there behind and I'm like what like he's kicking up dust and rocks he's just grabbing gears I don't and and some other teams are like yeah man that's that's not that's going to hurt him like he's going to get docked and I don't I guess nothing happened I don't know, you know how nothing I, happened I saw that he actually commented he did admit that he was grabbing gears but he said that grass and everything was so slick that he doesn't think it was going faster than the dudes on the track. He's like, I admit it didn't have any bumps in it, which was nice. But And he's like, I admit it, I was hitting it, uh, but I was spinning the whole time. I, I have to say that I know we went around and around on the Savachi penalty and, and, and all that uh, a month ago from New Jersey. But I think you just have to use the standard, did he gain from that or not? And the crash and the off-track excursion, he ended up worse than he was before he crashed and went off the track. So to me, that's not that bad. I have a concern over something else. There were many times during the moto where he was outside of the yellow track markers to find a smooth line. They've got to. They've got to start penalizing dudes for that. And I know that our buddy JT got a, what, $100 fine one time? I think it's 200 yep. 200 very upset. But they've got to take some of these guys that are battling for wins, and they've got to say, no, the track markers are not a suggestion. 
you can't you can't try to find a line six inches off the track that's smooth by going around the markers. You can't do it. You're going to get penalized. And you penalize some guy pretty harshly one time, and that'll be the end of it. Uh, I, I wasn't as concerned, honestly, about what Anderson did as the crash as the other points in the moto where he was uh, using creative lines. And he's definitely not the only one. I don't want to blame him only, but these guys do it all the time. Well, i got to watch and see because I, I, I didn't see it at the track, and I haven't watched the race yet. So I'll watch it. Yeah. But, but I saw the, the pinning it live and I, yes. I disagree you can't he would have had to slow to, to make the turn to pull back into the track when he could and that would lose yeah. time so the fa- yeah. getting onto the track would lose him time now you can say he didn't lose any time or he lost a little bit of t- he didn't lose as much and there's people standing there like there's literally p- spectators flaggers all sorts of people standing there so um I don't know. I, I would have penalized him. I absolutely would have. I, looking at it right away, like, you know how your first instinct, like the first instinct with Savachi was like, oh, God, like that's that's so wrong, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And my first instinct with a few other things. And my first instinct with Anderson was like, oh, no, 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 that's – I'm not saying it's it's seven spots like Savachi got or whatever or five – whatever right, Savachi. Right. No, no, no. Yep. Just some sort of penalty in time. Like you can't do that. You got to slow your bike, turn a corner – and get back onto the track, you know? So that's all. So I don't know. The, the trouble is um, the Savachi one was just easy because it was so cut and dry. It was They could literally see that four dudes passed him, and when he cut the track, he was back ahead of four guys. It just made it so easy to, to penalize because it was so clear. Here's four guys. Here's four guys. Any of these other ones, it's tough because the general rule is as long as you don't gain from it. So it's true. If you can pin it through spectators and be one second slower than the dudes on the track, no, yeah, that's... technically you're not illegal. Oh, give me a break. So, give me a break. Well, well, no, no, no. I'm not saying it's right. But per the rule book, isn't that all it says? You can't gain. And I would so, and I would you've seriously... got to find a way, I guess, to, 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 to make it more reasonable he... than just saying you didn't gain. Look, he missed two, ju- he missed two jumps, okay, yeah. and all the bumps yeah. up a hill. And it was shorter. Yeah. It was shorter. What he did, route yeah. the route that was shorter. Yeah. So you, you know, you can't tell me he didn't gain. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I, no, I don't. I don't buy it. So whatever. Yeah, I have to go back and I, I, I only saw it the one time as it happened. Like if I go back and I'm like, oh look, he's he gained five bike lengths by doing that. Yeah. Uh, from the moment he got on the bike, then yeah, he did. But I guess what I'm saying in general is. The, the rule never says anything about you can only go a certain amount of miles an hour while you're on the concrete or while you're off the side of the track. It just says you can't go faster than the dudes on the track. So uh, that's what makes it a little bit harder to enforce because, I don't know, what do you say in that situation? you got to be in first gear? You like, say, what do you say? You say that you should slow down. You need to slow down. <laughs> but how do you – see, this is where you get in trouble. How do you define what was uh, – Officially slowing down enough. How do you uh, define that? You just—it's like pornography. You know it when you see it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Hey, listen. I, I think oh, we know right. what kind of problem the referees get into when it's all about just random judgment calls. No, that was fast enough, and that was too fast, in my opinion. And you're penalized, and you're not. You can't do it. Uh, Justin yeah. Bogle. Justin Bogle took off for that first moto win. Like what? <sighs> He's never won a 250 national. He's never, uh, he's never, never won a moto. Never, never yeah. won a moto, and that nope. is what. That's what he did. It was phenomenal. Like where did, what in the hell? Where did that come from? 
I, I don't know. I can't even imagine. I can't come up with a parallel to a race that was this random. It's, like it, it's your guy coming off the bench for the Cavs and dropping in 40. <laughs> that was merely that was merely him coming off the bench and saying, I'm just going to stop LeBron. No, I know, but now this is the same guy. Now it's in. even, yeah. Right. This is even more beyond. This is become, like, and it was legit, like, uh, it wasn't like he was holding the dudes up or anything. Oh, he was gone. He was checking out. No, he wasn't in third, and no. he wasn't in third, and two go- two dudes crashed into each other. You know, he was gone. He get a, he, I do, I do want to remind how he got the lead, though. Do you recall? Um, <laughs> who was leading? He started. Oh yeah, yeah. Who was leading? Yeah, yeah. Marty, Marty, <laughs> Marty washes. Are you ready for this? He washed the front end out. God, are you re- are you ready for that? <laughs> oh, Marty! <laughs> Someday he's going to cut back on the mistakes. Someday. <laughs> wow, well, we're still learning. We're still learning. You know, every every day is a learning a learning adventure. If, uh, anyway, if, if Marty learned if Marty learned the self checkout at the grocery stores, like he learns to not wash his front end out, I imagine he's stuck in the store for hours. He must never be able to get through the grocery store because, oh, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Bogle, dude, just, wow. And then, of course, I was one of only a 1,000 people to say they're on fire in the truck and on the track. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, they lit a fire underneath them, all that. Yeah. Uh, my, um, my, my old buddy, Mike Farber, here's as well, who used to work the subscription booth for Racer X. Uh, he was quite the soothsayer, you know, very, uh-huh. very deep philosophical yeah. yes, type yes. of guy, as you right. remember, right. our buddy Mike Farber. Yes. Uh, his answer to these things, he'd be like, when something crazy happened, he'd be like, hey, you know what it is, it was his day, he had his day. <laughs> and I'd always be like, bullshit, dude, that doesn't, these dudes don't have their day. Like, did you not watch Jeremy McGrath win all the effing time and Ricky Carmichael win all the effing time? Like, this stuff doesn't happen. And it actually did. Like, I'm still trying to figure out a parallel to the Bogle has actually wasn't even a top 10 guy in Supercross. I mean, he's been a top 10 guy barely here outdoors. And then he just wins a moto. Like, yeah. I'm sure something like this has happened. It's slipping my mind, but I can't remember one offhand. No, it's almost. But there was a bit of an excuse for it, but it's a little like Gurky winning that moto at Southwick. But there was a storm, yeah, but you know what? And it was wet, and, you know. Yeah. Right. It was sand, and Gurky's a, a sand guy. Like, I feel like Gurky's one of those guys who, through the years, had a couple of things where it's like, if a bunch of things bounce together his way, man, he could do it. Especially at Southwick in the rain, blah, blah, blah. I think he only had to do – didn't he beat Dowd for the overall? That Dowd was like 44 that day. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, this was just a normal moto, and it wasn't Matt Gerke from Croom winning on the sand in Southwick. It was just Bogle, like, on any random track on any random day, and it wasn't muddy, and it wasn't raining. And right. I, I mean, I know it was Tomac closing at him, for example, in third place at any point. I don't – maybe a little bit. It was nuts, man. Yeah. <laughs> My mind is blown. I, I don't know. And then, did he just go back to normal in Moto Two? Like, what happened? Did he just <laughs> go. <laughs> he just got ninth. Yeah, he just got ninth. He said he said he was still excited from the first Moto win, and he 
you know, was still jacked up and wasn't feeling it and got ninth. I love it though. When when aren't like it's been we have five moto winners and six motos. We have a guy yeah. going one nine. I love it. That's like I love it. Old school. Yeah. It's old school. So Hey, we haven't gotten in the two fifties yet, but I said over and over on the broadcast, and I'll say it here, I think for four straight motos, like combined, it had to be the craziest day I can remember in a long time. I mean, the racing was great. Yep. The battles were great. The stuff you were seeing was like blowing your mind. All four motos, all day. Like, it was nuts. It yep. was Glen Helen was crazy. This was crazier than Glen Helen. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, it was awesome. Um, and yeah, yeah. So the team, for people who don't know, the team had a fire in the pits. They were filling up Tickle's bike with you know like a beaker of gas and then like a funnel, and a person walked by with a torch in their hand from what I hear, and it wasn't anywhere right by the gas or anything, but that race fuel is so so much fume, so strong, the vapor of the fumes caught the torch, and it went right to the funnel, and that thing caught on fire, and the mechanic threw it on the ground, and just, and then, like, yeah, it was crazy. Could have been really bad, but luckily everybody, you know, got extinguishers and put it out pretty quickly, but, jeez, wow. Scary. Dude does have burned hands, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, his arms, his forearms more than anything. So, oh, um, um, I don't like. Why, also I don't remember. Uh, team manager Kyle Bentley was not there. No, so no, it was all on Kenny, yeah. Kenny Watson. <laughs> under, only under Watson's watch with the team truck almost <laughs> burned down. Um, yeah, I told I told Kyle Bentley, who, who I call Roadblock from back in the day, I told Roadblock halfway through the first moto, I'm like, you should stay home more. He's like, yeah, absolutely, I'm I'm in. So, um, I don't want to talk about Sealy because he drove by the first turn, rode by the first turn, and kicked up a big rock, hit me in the side of the head. So I don't want to talk about Sealy. Screw you, Sealy. Oh, yeah. Oh, he hit you. Yeah, right in the side of the head with a rock. Wow, on purpose, you think? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Wilson had an okay day. Tickle had an okay day. Tickle told me after the race, like, I didn't feel very good. I didn't have a great day, and I went 8-8. Eight, eight. I'll take it. And uh, I said, yeah, yeah, you know what? That's not not a bad thing to say. Uh, Barsha did not have a good day. Bam Bam went backwards. Both motos. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I went over to the team at the end of the second moto, and I said, please tell me there was a crash. And they're like, no. I'm like, can you just say there was a crash? Because he was third for a couple of laps. <laughs> and then at the end, I see him in 12. Yeah. I guess no crash. Um, let me ask you this. How did Cooper Webb in the first moto stall stall the bike, uh, then crash by me in the first turn? He was a lap down on lap three. He was lapped. And then somehow he made it all the way up to 14th by the end of the moto. And I'm like, I got 20 seconds. no, but he got 14th, but he was docked eight spots because, oh, yo, wait, stalled it, couldn't start it, crashed in the first turn, pulled into the mechanics area because he thought something was wrong with the bike, got lapped, made it to 14th, then they dropped him eight spots because he, he like Austin Forkner, when he re-entered the track, decided to cut off like a lot of it. And they said, okay, that's eight spots. Um... So, but I don't. Wow. But I don't even know how he made it to 14th. You, do you know what I'm saying? He was. Yes, I know what you mean. That would mean 
I do feel like they lapped the crap out of dudes, and maybe it's this lack of depth that we're talking about. He was 37th on lap 8 of 16. 37th. Lap down in 37th on lap 8. Then he was. Now you're making me want to go to this lap chart right yeah, here and try yeah. to make heads and tails out of this. No, I, um, I'm on it right now. I don't understand. I don't get it. Um, but somehow he made the My only guess is, and this is a guess, I, I don't know. Uh, my, my guess would just have to be he got lapped, and then his speed staying there, the leaders were not gaining on him. He was just staying in the same vicinity on the track, and eventually they lapped so many guys that he was up to 14th. What did they lap to? Did they lap to like 12th or something? 13, 14, 15, 15, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. See, okay, wait. I have him on the lap charts. This is, uh, this is interesting. Yeah, I'm, looking at it. I'm just digging. On, on the 16th lap, he was, he was uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 guys did not get lapped. The last guy to not get lapped was number 68, Heath Harrison. Okay? He, Heath Harrison stayed on the lead lap in 15th spot. You see that? Um, yes. Uh, and, then you go, yeah. and then you go, the first guy to get lapped was uh, Moseman. So that's 16. Yeah, right, 16. Uh-huh. Ronnie Stewart, 17. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So you, ha- so you see number two in 23rd spot. Oh, yeah, you're right. He is behind number 600, who yes. is C. Olsen. Right. I don't even know who that is. Sorry, C. Olsen. And also uh, the other C. Olsen, 589. <laughs> My bad on both There's guys. Claude and, is it Claude and Connor. They're from Colorado. No, come on. Yeah, they are. <laughs> oh. Claude and Connor from Colorado. Yep. <laughs> the Olsen twins. <laughs> yeah, the Olsen twins, exactly. <laughs> the okay. Olsen twins. So, so, okay, so where the heck did they get 14th from? You know, we've had some... But this was live scoring you saw, right? This is live yes. scoring. Yes, I, even, I think 14th. I even tweeted it, like 14th. And I talked to his mechanic at the end of the day, Shane Drew. Um, yeah. So... Not that it matters because he got no points anyway. Zero points is zero points. But we've had some yeah. timing issues at Hangtown. We had timing issues. I don't know if we had any at oh. Helen, but if you go by the lap chart, uh, I don't know if it's related at all in the second two fifty moto. We Osborne went off the radar for about two laps. Yeah, I think and we were freaking out. Yeah, you even texted me. He had broken right. or something, and then he was back. Yeah, so. he, not, he nothing happened to him. He was right behind Amart the whole time. Um, well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, oh. this might be unrelated, but there was a transponder issue for him for two laps where he just wasn't there, and then he was back. For whatever that's worth. Yeah. Well, um, it, looks like, it looks like that yeah. 14th. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. That looks like that 14th should have been a 24th, did we say? Was it 24? And then, and then I, don't, I don't know. But we're figuring this out live yeah. on the air. Yeah. Um, uh, and honestly, it's not even that important. What, what actually matters is in the. It's unfortunate for him that the day was so crazy that this wasn't a story at all. But that fourth and the second moto, like, good lord, did he need that? Yeah, I was just like, going to talk about. That's why I was getting to him. So, yeah, um, yeah that yeah. fourth was yep. great. He he caught um, caught and passed um, uh, Grant. Grant caught him. Grant passed him. He regrouped. Caught Grant again late in the race. Got by him. He needed that badly. Badly. Yeah. I, I was talking yeah. to somebody, not Shane Drew, but someone else, 
and they were telling me like he rode a 125 last week at some track or something. It was all over the internet. Um, yeah, and, and yeah. I, that was something like where they said, "Don't even ride your 450. Just go have fun. Just go like get all this crappiness that you're feeling out and go ride a 125 or something. Yeah, or 250 or whatever he rode. So, um, uh, there was a legit bike problem in the first moto, though. Uh, no, no, he stalled it, couldn't start it. Then he thought he had a bike problem. Uh, the team said, no, nothing wrong with the bike, and they sent him back out. And that's where he cut a bunch of the track off to get back into the race. Yeah. And then we, he either, he either got 14th or 24th, depending on who's counting. Yeah. Um, I was, when I saw that he was in the mechanic, we know that last week was the mysterious pull-off without any real reason. Yeah. Uh, and then the same in the mechanics area, and Georgia reported that on the show, that the team said the bike, there's nothing wrong when they go back out there. Mm-hmm. like, man, if he has a pull-off for no reason, followed by a pull into the mechanics area, and the bike's not broken, back-to-back motos. Oh, yeah. This ship is off the rails. So the fourth <laughs> in the second moto is yes. like, thank God. Right. The fourth is a, is a lifeline. It is, a, it is a, a lifesaver thrown to him for sure. You know, he showed he can do it. Bike track was gnarly yep. rough, and so good for him he yep. needed it. Um, yeah, talking to you, and again, this is hard to believe, but Jimmy Perry over there, the team manager, says they changed nothing on the bike from last week to this week. And uh, remember, he went from lap to third, I think, in the course of one week in Supercross without making any bike changes either. So who the hell knows, man? Yeah. Who the hell knows? Yeah. Yep. I want to talk to somebody about that web timing, though. Just say, like, hey, do you guys have something going on with your timing? Because it could really affect things down the road. Um, all right. Yep. Um, anything else? 450 class? Wise? <laughs> I mean, we could go back and forth on this craziness for a long time, yeah. but yeah. We, we, this could be a three-hour show. When you, What is going on? Salt Lake, New Jersey, Vegas, Hangtown was a bit of a dud, but Glen Helen, we, the amount of crazy, awesome, exciting, dramatic races we've had over the last couple of uh, weeks has been insane. I think, uh, are we in like this era where, without Roxon, Tomac up and down, um, yep. we're into this sweet spot of parody, maybe. Maybe that's what it is, you know? Um, I, we don't have I, a dom- yeah. we don't have a Loretta Lynn's kid that's dominating 250s, you know, some superstar. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we got the Alex Martin is is, you know, Zach Osborne right now are are, are doing it. So, maybe we're in this parody yeah. thing. So, I don't want to jump on the so many people jumped on Tomac after New Jersey about you know, doesn't get it done when it counts and can't win the big one or blah, blah, blah. And I, I never subscribe to that. But I do have to say that we knew the three guys coming into the season were Roxon, Dungy, and Tomac, and now it's just him. And I guess that is part of it. Like, it's a very small sample size, but essentially the series so far where he was the only man standing, yeah, he hasn't been able to establish that dominance. He could still do it, but he's certainly left the the, uh, the door open. Um and like I said, if you're Anderson or Bogle, Baggett, Marvin, now you're going to the line saying, I can win. And I don't know if they were saying that going into Hangtown or going out of Hangtown. I doubt it. But um, here we are. The mystery deepens on Connor and Claude Olson. Oh, okay. One's from Wheat Ridge, Colorado, and one is from Littleton, Colorado. Related or not? And one's 600 and one's 589. Really? Yeah. Wow. And why would cousins? and why would you name your kid Claude in, in you know in let's say 
15, 20, 20 years ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claude, not very, no. not very hot. No, that's like... So who won? Claude got 39th. Yeah, no, no. Con- yeah, Connor was the battle of the Olsen twins. No, no battle. Um, all right. Hey, first in the first moto. Good job, Connor Olsen. Let's uh, let's listen to this Race Tech commercial. Use the code PulpMX17 to save with the folks at Race Tech and Michelin Star Cross Five. And uh, we'll be right back here on the uh, Fly Racing podcast uh, presented by Alpine Stars to uh, talk some two fifties with uh, the Jason Wygant. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Racetech. The folks at Racetech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right. If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Hey, Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hit a motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting is always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet? You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows? They might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. And we're back! FlyRacing.com. Please check it out, people. Really appreciate it. Blake Baggett wears fly racing, and he just dominated. He broke Eli Tomac in his fly racing gear. Um, and uh, and also, too, presented by Alpine Star Protects. Please check them out. They're much more than boots, everybody. So uh, they got a lot of cool stuff. Check them out. Um, okay, so 250s. Oh, Jason Wygant on the line, by the way. 
So, hey, um, so two fifties. Savachi wins, and you could hear his relief on the podium. Or at least I could. He was like, "It's been a long time. It's been real rough for me. I'm glad I could do it. I, I'm. I know I could be up here, but you know, until you do it, you do it. And and now I'm here. Like, good for Joey. Like I told him after the race, I'm like, "Hey, I'm happy for you. Like, that's awesome." I think I made a joke about you're still good, you know, because that's how I do. That's how I do it. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, good job for Joey. Four one ties Alex Martin in the one four, uh, and he took the win. And Joey needed it, and because PC didn't have a trouble free weekend. Oh no, the golden child apparently was not golden. No, no. Um, no. Uh, by problem. Your theory. So they, they didn't quite hit for it all. Your theory about uh, Peyton. Rigging everybody's bikes up so the Golden Child can win, Adam Cincerello, yes. a.k.a. Baby yeah. Jesus, right, A few from a yeah. few years ago. Um, that did not hold water this week as his bike broke. No. Uh, by the way, that wasn't related to him landing on uh, Plessinger's bike, which, which we'll get to. It wasn't The bike problem wasn't related to that, right? No, no, no. Yeah, it just had engine problems. Okay, yeah. just want to make sure. Right. Um, yeah, Savachi winning was big for sure. But the real thing I take away from the weekend was, holy shit balls, was that racing good? Yeah. Like, oh, my right. effing God. Like, I don't want to curse too much on this podcast, but I can't convey it without doing it. Yeah. That first moto was freaking bonkers. Dude, I just think, like, Alex Martin said, you know, it was cool. It was, like, 75. Track wasn't it wasn't that rough. Uh, you're at altitude, so all the bikes are pretty equal. Everyone's kind of wide open, you know? Um, yep. Yep. And that's what you get. And I can't say I, I, that's a bad theory at all. No. In fact, that moto was so good. And there's been a couple of really good 250 motos through the years uh, at Lakewood. Part of me starts to wonder, this is going to sound insane. So you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. I'm like, they lose, I think, 18% of their power or something compared to sea levels, what the teams generally say, at uh-huh. 6,000 feet. Yeah. Like, we get an 18% power reduction every week. Can we stuff a rag in the, a rag or a restrictor plate or something on these bikes? Because I want that every weekend. <laughs> I've, hey, because it's not I've, like they're yeah. so slow that it looks boring, and you're like, dude, look, they can barely do jumps. They, it was fine. But, oh, my God, the racing was good. Um, I've said that. I've had some podcasts and shows where I'm like, hey, maybe we should govern these things. Stadiums can't yeah. hold these bikes. Um, you know, and, and, peop- and when I talk to people about it, I'm like, yeah, because there's some racing organizations that you that's where you get your CDI box from. They're all EFI now. It's easy to do. Yeah. Um, yep. But the people I talk to are like, what if you get a bad ignition box and you go over the bars? Then you sue the AMA because they screwed the ignition yeah. box up. And I'm like, that's actually not a bad point. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, in, in today's 2017 America, you know, I, I get that. So. I don't know. That's what I was told. Well, yeah, yeah. but, I mean, you can do it. I, I would say much simpler. This is this is out there. It's literally called the restrictor plate, and they run it in every damn NASCAR race. Yeah, it's really hard to argue and say, we're going to put this plate in the right. air boot, and everyone has to run it. And it'll be easy to know if you have it, because we're going to look at it at the end of every race, and it's all the same. And if you can figure out a way to get more power than the other guy, and you run that plate, good for you. But yeah. you're all going to be reduced 20%. Um, because to me, it's great. It didn't look slow and boring. It was still fine. They could still do jumps and slower. By the way, I'm always going to vote for, I'd rather hit the ground at 25 miles an hour than 32. 
So yeah, no, we could if you slow it down a little bit and you supercross, yeah, even more so. We know that it's a disaster for the tracks and layouts and all that. Yep. Uh, we're never going to get the manufacturers to bring back two strokes or reduce displacement, right? Can we just say that now? Oh, uh, I don't know about reduced displacement. Maybe that could be something that could happen, but I don't know. Well, even if they did, let's be honest. There's no proof that that actually works. I mean, 250s are actually more expensive and, and temperamental. Yep. yep. Uh, so you're creating more problems. You're creating some new problems uh, if you take displacement away. You know, the 450s are too fast, but at the same time, asking a privateer is kind of sweet because uh-huh. they're pretty reliable because you don't even ride them that hard and you don't rev the shit out of them. Yep. So if you just try to reduce speed by reducing displacement, you're involved, you're you're adding more cost to, to build motors and blow up motors. If you just put a governor in there of some sort, to me it seems like the perfect all around solution. All right, We're, that's another topic for another day. But yeah. Yeah, sorry. And uh, also, it would never happen. Let's be honest. So we're probably wasting our breath. Would it, it, how could this happen? I don't know, but I just I want to thank Fell for my job. That's what I was told this weekend. Yes. I want to thank them for, for putting on a series so I can have Pulp Mech show. Thank you. Um, okay, so... Was there not Supercross before then? Apparently not. Apparently not. Oh, I didn't and apparently, okay. And apparently right. if they weren't there, no one would pick it up. No one would pick up the mantle because no. it's not profitable, I guess. So I don't know. All right. Anyways, listen. Let's, okay. yeah. let's, let's, let's go this way. Are you, are you on the troll train? Like, are you on? Like, we need to know. Oh, I'm on it. I was on it from halfway to the second moto at Hankdown, I was. Oh, oh so not, not from the oh, yeah. start. Not from the start. <laughs> no, no. I didn't argue in the, the, the um, preseason pod like JT did. Like, I, I, I could see it, I suppose. But I was kind of on the fence. Like, eh, maybe. But there's no maybe now. Uh, he can win this title. He absolutely can win this title. It's At this going, point, I wouldn't be surprised. It's, he, he's as good as anyone else. It would be very weird to see the eleven ten mods kid with the number one plate. Okay, I, I'll give everybody that. It's gonna yes. it's gonna blow our minds that this kid is the national champion. But it could very much happen. He's consistent. He doesn't really crash. You know, yep. so I, look, I don't yep. know if it's going to happen. Who knows? It's a long season. But my whole point of that podcast was I thought Plessinger was too inconsistent. He can win Indiana. He can win High Point. But he's too inconsistent to win the title. And so far, it's early, but that's what I'm saying. But uh, look, I'm, and it's not shitting on Plessinger to say that. Like I said, he can win nationals. But Alex is like the – he's really like – he's like Osborne, who was sick this weekend. Let's give it up for Zach having some excuse. Uh, I guess he had – did you talk to him at all? He had like a, a chest cold or something, or he couldn't breathe good or something like that? I don't know. Uh, I did talk to him Saturday morning, but I didn't get specifics. He just told me that yeah. he was feeling bad. Right. And I'm like, you know you're not supposed to tell anybody this. And, he, and then he's like, why? Why are people so dumb? Like, yeah, I'm sick. Why can't I say it? And I'm like, because the other idiots claim that you've shown weakness, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I never – Right. I, I had more fun making fun of that than I did getting anything specific. Right. Well, Osborne had an off day, but he still got the points lead, so whatever. I'm not- but Alex Martin yep. was solid. He was good. And Jeremy Martin was good, too. Um, it was interesting. J-Mart in that first moto, like, okay, like he was second, and he was going for Alex. And I'm like, okay. Like, he's going to get him. And all of a sudden, like a bad lap, he's in fourth. Savachi gets him. And uh, um, Forkner gets him. And then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. that, that ain't going to work. And then, it, and then Jeremy 
regroups and gets him back. It was that kind of race, and he ends up second on the day, uh, or third overall on the day, and uh, third in that moto. But um, it was an interesting day for for Martin, J Mart, and Forkner had interesting days where lots of passes, lots of like they're going to do it. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Well, the first moto we counted, Lights and I counted. I think there were seven different guys that each were. They come by, you look at the lap chart, and you yeah. think, now he's the fastest guy. Right. Plessinger all of a sudden went in a roll, passed all those dudes, got the second. Forkner went all the way to the back of that train, passed all those dudes. AC went down, was at the back, moved his way halfway back through it, yep. and then they all passed him back. J-Mark got passed, like you said, then came back through, and and the whole time Alex was in the lead. But and I th- think Jeremy and Forkner, and maybe even Savachi, at least Forkner and Jeremy got to him at one point, and you're like, oh, they're going to pass yep. him. They're going yeah, yeah. faster. Yep. Yep. But at other points, he was yarding them. So all seven dudes, each at one point, were the fastest guy in the race. Yeah, no, Incredible. absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I did not think – and again, I'm on the troll train. I'm on board. I'm driving it. Um, but I did not think Alex was going to win that moto. Like I'm like, okay, here comes really? Forkner. Here comes. Oh. No, I'm just like uh, Forkner's, oh. Forkner's going faster. Jeremy's going faster, yep. and he would regroup yep. and pick it up, and and then you know, and all that. So uh, good job by him. Um, I'm on the troll train because you, it's pretty clear now to me that this class is pretty evenly matched. You know, it's round three. The dudes got their bike sorted. You know, I think J Mart maybe wasn't in the right place at Hangtown, but he's got to figure it out now. So, you know, uh, Savachi's over his you know, Vegas problems. He's good. Uh, all these guys are fine. And what we've basically seen is now that they're all running at 100%, they're all pretty equally matched. So why not A Mart? He's as good as any of them. He's yeah. just in that group. Any of them can win the title, yeah. and he's one of the any. Right. Um, Forkner got hooped. 2-3 for fourth overall. Ah, oh, dude. Yeah. Well, there's only one point between first and fourth overall. Yep. One. Yep. The Martin brothers and Forkner are all tied with 42, and Savachi scored 43, which is pretty much the ultimate proof of how insanely good the racing was. And Ferrandis almost pulled a Ferrandis in that Moto2. He went ninth in the first Moto, just like in Glen Helen, and was looking good uh, in the second Moto before he went down. So. Um, oh, did he go down? Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, he crashed. Yep. Oh, he didn't say. Um. Yeah. He, I, no. I no. Know. No. He went I, down. Yeah. He oh. crashed. Oh. Okay. I didn't. I didn't see it. The first motor, he was stuck in the gate. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you if yeah. when you go back and watch the replay of the start, you see some lone Yamaha <laughs> halfway down the start straight by himself. Oh, uh, another there. another French rider with a gate problem at Lakewood. <laughs> um, I was thinking that. I hope it didn't bounce. I hope it didn't bounce. Like happened to gate. Happened we, it was Porcel. It was gate gate for a while. Gate gate. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, Mitchell Harrison, good uh, starts. It, yeah, Mitchell Harrison ran up front. Good starts. Yeah, faded back. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be pumped. He did. He did fly back a little bit, but he's riding well for a while. Yeah. Um, can we talk about this Plessinger deal? Uh, I mean, honestly, like terrible. Sure. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Ah, it's really bad. Like, first of all, you get a better view than I do as far as the yeah. as far as him winning the race. I, I, on TV, you can't see the whole track. Was he going to win it? First of all, nah. Our buddy JT, who said he was, but I, I would not say oh, that. I mean, okay. it, it was three laps in, and with a whole pack behind him. I mean, could he win it? Yeah, yeah he's okay. capable of it, but it wasn't like he was checking out or anything. It was three laps in, and he was looking good, but I, I wouldn't say that. Oh, okay. 
either way, he would have had a good moto. Oh, absolutely. You know, he would have yeah. done some damage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's pathetic. I don't know what else to say. Uh, I mean, it was Keystone Cops. Like, you're just seeing it. It just keeps going on and on and on, and but, more riders but, come by, and dudes are landing on the bike, and it just keeps going on, and he's everyone on earth can see what the flaggers are supposed to do except that. Oh. But I don't, like, oh. everyone wanted to talk about it because, you know, our buddy Nick Way grabs the flag and does it the right way. There was an MX yeah. Sports guy there who didn't seem to know anything either. Um, now, everyone wants to talk about this after the race, and I literally said to 10 different people, yeah, are you surprised? Are you surprised? I've been going to these nationals and supercrosses. This is not an attack on the nationals. I've been going to these races for 20 years. I've yeah. complained about the flagging for 20 years. I, you get what you pay for. These people are not, they don't go from track to track. They just show up. I'm sure some of them are great, but you, you often, often see bad flagging at these races. It's nothing new. And we saw it at Lakewood, and that's what it is. And I, I'm not even shocked. It's like, yeah, whatever. And of course, Nickaway did a better job. Of course, I could. You could. Why get? Well, why can't you? Could for sure. You were actually a flagger. Um, yeah, I do have experience. I've, I've had to get on the jumps. Right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, whatever. Like it was brutal. And but I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah. It's like, it's like it being cold out, and then it starts snowing, and you're like, yeah, that's what happens when it gets cold. It starts <laughs> snowing. Like you're. You know, I don't know. I, I I mean, it's brutal. I don't know what to say, though, because I've been saying this stuff on my shows for a long time, and I've been seeing it in supercrosses and motocrosses, and that's how it goes. Um, I, I'm going to assume, which is never good, that part of the issue in this situation is, okay, bad flagging in general, people make fun of the flagger for just being, like, out to lunch and not paying any attention and not even, you know, noticing that there's a bike down or something dumb like that. This was a different situation. The flaggers knew it. They were waving their flags. But it was like, hey, you need to assess that this situation is different than usual. You, the waving the flag as normally you're instructed to do isn't going to get the job done here, so you've <laughs> got to do something different. What? But the problem is I would guess that when you flag, you're pretty much just told, when a bike is down, you wave the yellow flag. Mm. I don't know if there's like an advanced training course saying, now there are some situations where a bike's laying in the center of the track and a blind jump, and then you have to change what you do. I don't. Well, I would think that, uh, again, I don't yeah. know, but I would totally think that that's what they tell them. I no. don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder. Um, <laughs> because that's basically what, you know, Plessinger's pleading with him to do it, and then the dude just starts waving it more like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm waving it. What? What more can I do? I'm waving the flag. Yeah. That's what I was told to do. The worst part is, yeah, that there was also an official there also waving it with a headset. So at that point, someone well, could tell and, him. And, and, and to yeah. be to be fair, the bike's in the one side of the track, and Plessinger's on the other side of the track. Plessinger wants to go across to his bike, and everyone wants to move away from his bike but move towards Plessinger. Like, it is a difficult spot. The flag, but it was not handled very well. What should have happened is the guy should have ran onto the jump where the bike was and directed everybody to the one side that was safe and told Plessinger, wait, you have to wait. That is all there is to it. Yeah, yeah, that's really it. Like, it looks terrible because Plessinger kind of got screwed like he crashes and then he could have got up in fifth, but instead he gets up in 40th. But in that situation, it's like, well, you shouldn't have crashed. What are you going to do? Well, I've seen, but you've seen guys too. I've seen guys crash and they have to wait and they know it. They just that's know what it. I mean. Yeah. The, the problem really isn't Plessinger getting screwed. 
The problem it's is the that bike. this bike was yes. left there for other dudes to land on yes, and potentially yes, hurt yes. themselves with. Y- yes, exactly. Yeah, you're right. The plus thing is like, sorry, man, you crashed. You're going to have to take your, take your lumps and get up in last place. But you can't leave this bike. I mean, you, you have to go watch. You have to go back and watch Sam Cirillo bounce off that bike. 999 times out of 1,000, he's going to hurt himself bad. Yeah. It was a miracle. <laughs> he bounced off the bike, and he landed in the rut he wanted. Perfect. With his feet on the peg. Right. <laughs> it was, he's going to die almost any time. Okay, he's... die is a rhetorical term. He's not wow. going to die. But he probably would have crashed. The fact that he didn't, and then another privateer did a few minutes later. But that could have been so bad. Of course. Since the factory guy survives, but the privateer, old Claude Olson there, yeah, he goes over the bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I didn't mean die. This is the, no, this is the term we use. Um, but no, yeah. Um, yeah, like, and then Nick Way grabs it and goes out there like an American hero. Nick Way, everybody. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess the best part of it all, the best part is that they got mad at him. Not the AMA, but track people. You know, there's MX Sports crew. There's an MX Sports crew there's a track yeah. crew. So there's two different crews. And I don't know... Nick's a coach for AC and Dakota Tedder, so I imagine he has the right pass, I, I would think, because he goes out there all the time. Uh, maybe he doesn't, though, so I don't really know for sure. But the track crew, not MX Sports, but the track crew's like, get out of here. And he's like, but I just helped. And they're like, get out of here. And he's like, what? And they're like, we're calling the AMA. And Nick, Nick was like, I don't really want to make a scene here. I'm just going to leave. And he left. But they were mad that he was there when they should have been helping him. Save, thanking him, you know. Um, yeah, but I think that's just a yeah, miscommunication, a big, miscommunication between the two. But it was well, a big juxtaposition because I'm sure, again, technically the letter of the law, a rider coach is not supposed to rip the <laughs> right. yellow flag away from a flagger. Yes, yes, right. <laughs> but but in this case, it was definitely the right move. No, yeah, I get, I get the miscommunication happening. It's just, yeah, because they're like, yeah. wait, some dude just grabbed the flag. Like what? You know? Yeah, some guy in street clothes, like <laughs> right. not a team guy. And, and by the way, <laughs> he was dressed nicely. His nice collared shirt and everything he looked good. It was, um, he was, yes. It yes. wasn't. It wasn't like a tubby, <laughs> tubby guy in cargos and flip flops. But uh, no. Um, I know, would like to pause for a second and just imagine if this became like a new thing where teams just started ripping yellow flags out. This bones from Pro Circuit. What the hell is he doing? <laughs> He's waving blue flags. <laughs> That guy's not even left. <laughs> oh, goes back to Sternstrom's skull and crossbones flag that he wants out. Yeah, yeah, get it out there. <laughs> you know, um, That's right. Uh, yeah, no, it was very bizarre, and it added to the bizarre day. A Bogle winning, you know, it just added to Bogle winning and a team catching fire in the pits and yep. um, everything. Just Nick Blake Baggett having never won a 450 race, but coming in ready to break Eli's on <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> and, and Nick Way's flagging. Of course, it adds to everything. Everything is yeah. just the way it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, it was it was nutty. Um, but anyways, yeah, so Osborne's lead now just nine. Funny how that works, huh, again. He didn't have a terrible day. He finished fifth overall, and we all wrote about this 21-point lead, and now he's only nine up. Yeah, and most amazingly, I don't even understand how this math is possible. How is it possible? Jeremy Martin, I think, is only down 18 or something now. Like uh, third. No, J-Mar- yeah, J-Mar's third. Oh, wait, yeah, 18. Yeah. How in the hell did he have a DNF and a crash in the first lap go back to last and have to mount a comeback? That's two of his six motos. 
Yeah. And he's won one moto? Yeah. yeah. And somehow it's like, 18? Ah, uh, something. Yeah. No, 18, doable. 18, I got this. Right. We just... How in the hell? I don't even understand yeah. how that can be. Yeah, that's great. I mean, yeah. Fork, we talked about Forkner being 50 points down. <laughs> you know what I mean? We said he's yeah. 50 points down. Well, he's 29 now. So, 30. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, um, Yep. And, uh, totally. yeah, so Mitchell Harrison, good day. He went backwards, but he's been pretty consistent. Mosman and Cantrell had a great battle second moto, and they're killing it as rookies. Kyle Cunningham yeah. finished both motos. Hallelujah. Cunningham goes 13 mm-hmm. 13 on a JGR Suzuki guy. Hey, I heard this was Dakota's last race. Do you know anything about that? Guy, if anybody connected to the Geico team that you know? Well, I haven't checked recently, but going into the Nationals, the plan was that. At least Hampshire and probably Sexton would be back at High Point after the break. And Dakotas was only in because those dudes were out. So that's, I think, the reason why. He okay. was really only the, for outdoors, he was really the fill-in for Hampshire and uh, right. and Sexton. And uh, McAnewton race, he ended up yeah, what he happened? Did get hurt. Oh. I guess he actually was hurt after Glenn Hill. He didn't think he was hurt, then he tried to ride and realized he was hurt. But should be back for High Point. Also. Uh, okay. All right. Um, yeah. We praised Nico Izzy last week uh, for just not quitting and being consistent and uh, just mm-hmm. finishing outside the top 20. So I picked him in my fantasy. And of course, he does mm-hmm. a finish in moto. So. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him literally at one point. I'm watching a moto and I just see his bike pulling off the mechanics there. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. No. Um, another interesting yeah. thing, Wygant, is there's five bike manufacturers now. And almost every week, let me add up this week real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, uh, twenty Yamahas out of forty bikes. And so, if you're not on the factory team, you ride a Yamaha. Yeah, or you know your your traders or your your Blue Buffalo or your whatever. But twenty Yamahas have had the had have had half the field so far. At almost every national in the, in the, in the two fifty class, so it's clear what the what people are choosing. It's uh, very interesting. I was thinking about this today. The we're on to year what five or six of the much maligned YZ four fifty F. You know, still I think Cooper Webb's latest issues. I think we kind of know how Chad felt about the bike. Mm, okay. uh, it goes all the way back to Stu when this reverse engine first came out. Um, it's never had a stellar reputation. <laughs> it is not. It's 450 on. That's the, that's the best I can say, that it hasn't had a stellar reputation. At the same time, the 250 borders on an unfair advantage. It's incredible how that's worked out. And, and look at them. They're essentially the same bike. Same frame. Exact same frame. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's just the difference between that engine design Gives it a lot of power, which doesn't really help in the 450 class because they're all fast. Yeah. But in the 250s, you'll take it all day long. Yep, absolutely. So, yep. um, all right. Um, what else? During, um, after the first 450 moto, uh, one of our guys at the office sends me a gif of George Costanza putting his forehead in his palm, face yep. palming, uh-huh. and saying, Ryan Dungey realizing he'd probably just be leading the points again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hard to hard to deny. He probably would be hard to hard to deny that. Yep, he probably would be. It's just 
it goes back to that classic, you know, you can't, you, you never count uh, this dude. He'll just finish second every week. If this guy finishes first every week, like, you just never freaking know. I mean, Nadunji never said, and who knows, it might not have been a factor. It wasn't. The assumption was, well, he knows he's going to get smoked by Tomac 24 motos outdoors. Why well, go do that? Nadunji never said that, and that might not have even been a factor. I think it was done, just done anyway. But it certainly seemed like if Dungey raced outdoors, it probably wasn't going to go out go well. Yeah, yeah. But look yeah. at where we yeah. would have ended up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, absolutely. Uh, I agree. It's, yeah. uh, do, are you – I'm still – and the other guy's in Japan right now, but I'm still – I'm 100% happy with my Eli Tomek will win the title pick. Oh, he's still the favorite. He's still the favorite. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. In my opinion, um, you're you're just. I feel like it's he's house money. Like the only reason that the Baggett second moto was so impressive is because of the standard that you know Tomac has set. Mm-hmm. Like when he catches and passes Tomac, it's amazing because you're like, oh my god, he did that to Tomac. Yep. Like that's how good Tomac yep. is, and that's how and. By the way, Tomek was beating all these dudes last year, and he's clearly way better this year. I mean, you see Supercross. The shoulders are better. He's got the bike better. Mm-hmm. Uh, to think that they would make these gains. I know Baggett did beat him in the one moto at Hangtown last year, but uh, I, I would assume it's safe to say 2017 Eli Tomek is way better than 2016. So that's what made it crazy that Baggett did it to Tomek. Like, that's how good Tomek is. Uh, yeah, to me, he's still that good. And you can't you can't flip the whole thing because you know like each guy beat him one time. Yeah, no, yeah. I know, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just yeah. checking because, like week to week, we have you know wild swings of emotions. So I'm just checking. Um, so people it's definitely do, weird, do. It's yeah. definitely bizarre. Right. I definitely couldn't believe it. I was seeing, but again, I can't flip the whole thing because these guys beat him once. Yep, I agree. Uh, yeah. I get a guy we know, a mutual friend of ours in the pits said that Barsha told him that he was out at JGR at the end of the year. Now we all think that's going to happen. Uh, JGR hasn't said that, but just that's an interesting tidbit. So he said, "Well, yeah. I think this yeah. is they both just need to move in another direction. Clearly, yeah. this isn't working for either side." Yeah. No, it's just when you get a final an admission on either side that you know that they don't think it's going to work, then it's, it's kind of news. Um, Dean Wilson. Yeah, I see. Yeah. 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 So we'll see what happens. Um, all right. Yeah, that's it. Um, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Star Protect. So high point coming up after a week off. That'll be that'll be fun. Uh, we got to come up with a word of the day, buddy. So got a couple for you. Okay. First one suggested by my wife is blockhead. Yeah, like peanuts. Um, no, no, not like that. But you could use it however oh. you want. Um, blockhead is is oh. is a new kids on the block fan name. So oh oh yes, should have realized a pookie. Yes, should have realized. Right. So blockhead yeah. is one. Um, mm-hmm. you can squeeze that in. Or I had Putin, and I'm not sure if that was the word of the day already or not. I kind of was thinking it was. I don't remember. Wait, Putin, as in the Russian uh, leader, or uh, Putin, no, your Putin. gross Canadian yes. food? No, the gross Canadian food. Terrific Canadian food, I should say. 
Uh, so poutine. Poutine. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we do food too much. Let's go with blockhead. Okay, and um, you know I don't you, yeah. I don't want you to insult the rider, but I don't know how else you're going to get that in there. So I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure how you're going to do that without insulting somebody. I don't know. Maybe I can use that as a technical term if a bike blows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thunder, well, that, in a car, it's called a block, but right, a bike right, is called a cylinder, block, so right. yeah, it's tough to make that work. Yeah, well, yeah. you accepted the yeah. challenge. So blockhead is the word of the day. Okay, blockhead it is. Maybe, um, maybe I can find someone who's a big, you know, early '90s or like mid uh, mid to late '90s boy band fan, and I can just find a rider <laughs> who actually is a blockhead. Yeah, I'm sure there's a few in the pits. Yeah, yeah no, should should is be it out there. You think? Yeah. Um, <laughs> is Greg is Greg Dorenzo going to be there? If he's if he's on camera at all, he's kind of a bigger man, like a oh he is kind of a yeah. So I could think blockhead, yeah, Craig Lorenzo. Yeah, he could be like yeah, Trey Canazzo trainer. Right, that guy. Craig Lorenzo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That could be a guy, but uh, yeah, good luck with that. So. Um, hey, by the way, um, I, I know that Baggett has been branded as my guy for quite some time. Yes. But I feel like you're making some inroads there. Especially with Tom, his dad, who is really my guy, even more so than Blink. But I can sense from both his side and yours that there is a real relationship starting to build. Oh, really? Oh, oh, really? I didn't. I didn't know this. Has Tom been whispering things to you about cheating on you with me? Is that is that how it's it's gone? I think you texted out of nowhere, like last Saturday afternoon. Something like, I don't care what anybody says. Tom Baggett's cool. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I do like talking to Tom. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, and then I go by the truck this week, and he's like, you got to get in there. you got to get in there. Mathis is already inside. Mathis is getting all the scoops. And I'm like, I think it's changing. I think <laughs> I think it's all becoming hey, Mathis's deal now. Uh, it's and not. I did not. I have no patience. I did not talk to Blake before the race. He won oh, the race. You oh, talked wow. to him. I didn't. Yeah, I did. So. I hung out with him in the lounge for a while. Now, you know they, me, Wygant. I have no patience for parents or agents, like none. I, 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 I have. I love T Way. Yeah. I like Cole Seeley's dad. Um, Gare Bear is awesome. Uh, I'm sure there's some I'm forgetting, but they're, they're, I have no patience for either of these people. Um, but I'm starting to come around on Tom Baggett. <laughs> starting to come around. He he seems like an all right guy. Um, uh, yeah, I like Tom Baggett. He yeah. he. This is how it went. Why again? They had no idea. Tom and Blake had no idea that I was a mechanic. Somehow that came up. And then they what? said, who did you work for? And I started naming names. And when I said Tim Ferry, they were like, oh, you work for Tim Ferry. What? <laughs> and Burner, Burner starts laughing like everybody. Like, can't believe you don't know that this idiot worked for Tim Ferry. Um, now... When did Blake turn? When did he turn uh, pro? Well, I guess in defense, I think it was '09. No, so I guess. it was sooner than that. '09, he rode. Pretty sooner. '09 or later? What does that mean? No, sooner than it was earlier than that. Sorry, earlier than that. No. Why? It wasn't. Am I? Yeah. I, oftentimes, I get mixed yeah. up here because I'll talk about something that I thought happened like four, five years ago, and it'll be fifteen because I'm just I'm getting old and senile. Hold on, I'm checking this right now. Uh, he turned pro. Damn it, Weege, in '09. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. '09. Okay. Ten was Rockstar Suzuki when they were right. real shitty. So you're right. I I was I was yeah. gonna say it was '07 or '08, and my point being was two years before he was pro. 
when he was probably at some races, I was working for Timmy as a mechanic. But that's all. But oh nine is enough of a gap. That's four years. So that's enough of a gap yeah. to not know. But they had no uh, idea. Neither Tom nor Blake, and they were very amazed at at my resume of my riders. Nick Way also, you know, yeah. they they caught they caught that uh, caught that right. So. Uh, <laughs> You should not have had to have gone to the races in 2005 to know that you wrenched for Tim Ferry. I didn't think so, and neither did Michael Byrne also. <laughs> you know, Michael Byrne was also sort of semi-amazed. Um, but uh, yeah. that's all right. That's okay. I got no problem with that. Yeah, it was really interesting because, remember, Blake and Dean Wilson were battling for that pro circuit spot. And yeah. Blake, they, they came out and races a full privateer, you know, and they still gave yep. the ride to Dean. Mitch still gave the ride to Dean, forcing Blake to Rockstar for a year, where, yep. he, where he won Dallas, and then uh, then he was back on Mitch the next year. So, interesting. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, no, Tom Baggett, I got time for Tom Baggett. He told me how he fixed Ronnie Stewart's trailer hitch, you know, and all this. So, I like it. Yeah, he just pumped up. And I've never really – here's what I like about Tom Baggett. I've been pretty tight with the guy for a while. And through that – time Blake has had good years bad years has won races has been terrible has been hurt has been champion it's pretty much the same like I feel like he's just a dude you're just talking to at the races and it doesn't really it's not sun centric it's not really based on Blake and Blake's either the best or Blake's getting screwed most parents that's what makes it impossible because it's just all coming from one particular subject. Either my yeah. son is awesome no. or my son is getting screwed. Or or, or you're uh, you're screwing my yeah. Or you're screwing my kid. Yeah. No, you, you know. Or, or you're yeah. getting paid by another rider's parents. You know. Oh, we, we've had that too. Sure. We've had that. We've had that too. Yeah. So yeah. That's why I stay clear of parents and agents. I just can't handle them. Uh, you are much nicer than I am. But you know, Tom Baggett coming on, coming on up, moving up the rankings. So. Yep. And and it's all it's all working for Blake right now. It's all working for Blake. And uh, also yep. too, like the fact that they didn't know about Tim Ferry, that means I can unleash my Tim Ferry stories on Tom and Blake. Like, oh uh, no, and they won't know. They won't know about Summer Cross Wygant. Like, you know. <laughs> wow. So, wow. it's one more time that I can. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh. Right. Street first moto. They've never heard. <laughs> they, they have no idea. They don't know. So, oh no! Right. So here oh. we go. I'll fire up the machine. I'll fire up the story machine again. I Damn mean, it. why not tell oh. it again? It was such great stories. Why not? Oh, so funny. Uh, Tim Ferry. I guess, uh, I guess I was wrong. I guess you just didn't didn't mention it enough. I think guess you needed to be a little more <laughs> on the ferry train. It's, I guess you just didn't do it enough. <laughs> it seems like I did, didn't it? It seems like I did a good job, but <laughs> apparently yeah, not. I feel like you gave it a great effort, but not enough. Came up short. <laughs> yep. So we'll we'll fire that machine store the story machine up again, <laughs> and uh, and I'll get right at it, spreading the gospel. That is Tim Ferry. Oh my God. Um. All right. All right. So uh, we got to remember the word when we're off on the off, on the on the off week because we're doing it's it's the word is uh, blockhead. So um, before we okay. go, uh, locked in for Pulp Mech Show Wygant is uh, Damon Bradshaw for tomorrow night, and I, it's in, gonna... in studio or just on the phone? No, on the phone. But Damon Bradshaw. Okay. Yep, it's gonna be great. Whew. Oh, that is good. It's riding gas gas yeah. now. He's back in the moto a little bit, so he won't talk monster trucks. I don't think. It'll be great. Yeah, to get Damon post-Monster Trucks, because that's all he ever wanted to talk about. This is great. Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, all, right, all right, buddy. Uh, Racer, Racer X online, Racer X magazine. Subscribe, please. And uh, uh, Fly Racing, Alpine Star Protects. Thank you, guys. And uh, thanks, Wygant. All right, man. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Miguel was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there, you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey.